This Tuesday, November 14th edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time has last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. And in honor of Veterans Day, everything in the merch store is 10% off with promo code VETS. That's VETS. All proceeds from the sale will be donated to Mission 22, a nonprofit serving those who have served. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, November the 14th, currently 11.06 on the East Coast, here to get into the Tuesday night schedule in the association, another night of NBA in-season tournament group play. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the MLB Gambling Podcast, the NFL Pod, and of course here on the uh, NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through a decent amount of games today. I know yesterday we had some action. The games themselves, I think only one of them was truly competitive, but either way, the point is it was a pretty interesting day in the NBA yesterday. Hope for the day is more fun today. Yeah, uh, group play today uh, for the uh, in-season uh, tournament. Uh, you need a better name for that. Yeah, because I keep getting confused. Like I think when we did the first pod for the uh, for these group stage games, um, I was calling it the play-in tournament, which is obviously the uh, playoff bracket. Habit, you know. Yeah, but so I, 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 saw, I saw some best. people calling it the NBA Cup. I can get behind that. If you want to call okay. it, call it that. But in-season tournament, we can't do better than that. Come on. And of course, it's uh, something similar to the Commissioner's Cup, right, for the WNBA. Yep. So at least they have a name that you can differ- differentiate uh, from, um, at least uh, the NBA does. But yeah, uh, more games than we're used to on a, on a Tuesday night. But you mentioned, yeah, last night, uh, pretty lackluster, I guess we can say. Um, I don't think anything was really competitive outside of... I guess Washington blowing. That's what I'm a saying. Lead. That was the only game that was competitive, <laughs> and that game was a joke in itself. But yeah. the point is, that was the only game that was close. How do you only score five points in the final seven twenty-five of a game? I mean, I just don't see how that happens for any professional uh, NBA team. But nonetheless, sorry, you, you think they scored how many points? They scored five in the final like seven minutes, right? Uh, well, they scored zero in the last five forty-six. Yeah, I think I saw a notice like five points in the final seven. They scored five points in the final nine minutes and nine seconds. Okay, there we go. That's even nine minutes and nine seconds. You score five points. They didn't make a shot for like the last seven. How do you even do that? I think maybe the NBA gambling podcast crew can go out and score five points in nine minutes. They didn't make a shot for the last seven twenty four. I mean, yeah, we would just go out there and jack up some threes, hoping at least two of them go in, but. Yeah, it's that, the line. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty Come awful. Come on, man. Zero points. Come on, man. Yeah, especially I think they were up more. They up 16 with about six to go. It was this. Yes, yeah, so it was. Yeah, it was 16. And then I looked up at the score 
And I was like, oh, man, Washington's going to win this game. And lo and behold, like, I think Toronto like tied it up. And then they took like a two possession lead, like in the final second, or they took a possession lead in the final couple of seconds there. And then they got fouled at the end and then got a four point victory. But I just can't yeah. believe Jordan Poole would let this thing happen with his team. Yeah. Uh, dude, you know, have you seen those team. videos? I mean, on, have you seen the videos of him like during the timeout? Oh, yeah, completely just no showing and just you know <laughs> yeah. talking with teammates while they're losing to the yeah. Nets. Yeah, I, I did see that, but I'm not shocked. Pool's immature. We knew this, and yeah. people thought that getting him a new scenery would help out. Uh, but obviously, truth is, the issue is actually Golden State paying him all that money. But at least they realized mm-hmm. it was stupid, and they got they got out of it while they could. Yeah. I can understand the argument for the Wizards trying to take a leap of faith with a young guy who they thought had upside, but there's mm-hmm. no maturity at all. And the yeah. truth is, I'm not sure how much longer Poole's going to be in the league. Uh, I know that he's getting paid a ton of money, and that's going to happen. He's going to get paid. But long term, he has no maturity at all. So I don't know why any actual basketball team would keep wanting him if they don't have to pay him all that money. And they realize he's also not very good with the amount of minutes that he's also getting. He's He has yeah. not been very good. Like The Wizards are a terrible defensive team. They're one of the worst mm-hmm. defensive teams I've seen in a long time. But yeah. even offensively, they've had moments because they play so fast. Kuzma's been good. I mean, Koulibaly's had moments. I know Avdi yeah. is more of like a role player or whatever. He's been okay. But you're mm-hmm. looking at Poole, and he's been terrible. So I actually don't even know what he does well out there because it's definitely not leadership. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't. he's had one game this season where he scored 20-plus points, and that was against the Philadelphia 76ers. 20-plus uh, points. Yeah. And we was, I think <clears throat> I know a lot of us, or at least I in particular, a lot of people were talking about, oh, Jordan Poole's just going to go over to the Washington Wizards and jack up 25 to 30 shots a game and possibly in the in, be in the conversation of maybe not leading the league in scoring, but at least being in like top five or at least even like top 10 at minimum. But Kevin Garnett called him Houston Harden. Uh, Are you serious, come man? On. Oh, come Houston on. Houston Harden? Come on, KG. Come on. You're better. Uh, that's, come on. Yeah, that's just... Uh, come on, KG. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, he said that during the offseason. He, he said that he might have a leap. He, he warned the league that Kuzma and uh, Poole might be the new duo in nah. the league. Just, yeah, it might win 14 games. Might be the new duo, but yeah, that happened during the offseason. I've never been I've never been a Jordan Poole guy. There was actually one time in the Nuggets series a couple years ago when mm-hmm. I had the I had the Wizards, I had the uh, Warriors minus one and a half games. Yeah. I think Poole had a big 3 in game 3 to give them a 3 nothing lead. I think that was the only time I was actually a fan of Jordan Poole, but he got full of himself and you know it's a bad sign when uh some people on the internet are justifying Draymond for punching you in the face after the fact because you behave like an idiot when it's your own team. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, big schedule here tonight, uh, Scott. So before we dive into it here, uh, let me tell everyone about uh, the most trusted sports book out there. And that is going to be Bet365. Bet365 is like I mentioned, the worldwide favorite sports book trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. Props, sides, totals, live betting, Bet365 has you covered. And if you like boost, you're going to love Bet365, like a 30% profit boost on your NFL same-game parlay. Plus, they even have an early payout offer if your team goes up by 17 points. So, hey, you were on the Wizards last night. I believe they were up by at least 17 points. You got paid out even though they ended up losing that game. Sign up today. And choose from two bonus offers, either a thousand dollar first bet safety net or a or bet five dollars and get 150 in bonus bets. Just has just head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365 
Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy uh, fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, or even college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. My favorite underdog fantasy pick for today's show, that's going to be Nick Claxton to go higher on his rebounding prop. But also make sure to stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together our underdog pick entry uh, for today's action on Tuesday night. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, it's got a huge stake tonight here in the association on Tuesday night. So let's dive right into it. Uh, the first game on the board. Uh, let's go over to let's go over to Detroit, the Motor City. We have the uh, Atlanta Hawks. They are traveling to Detroit to take on the Pistons. Currently, as it stands on Bet Three Six Five, the Hawks are a five point road favorite here with a total of two thirty in this game. Uh, let me get the injury report here because there's a lot of injury news happening uh, tonight in the NBA, especially with a lot of star players. But at least for this game, for the Atlanta Hawks, I am seeing a pretty clean injury report. But Trey Young is officially listed as questionable for personal reasons. For the Detroit Pistons, I'm just going to read out the names that are out uh, uh, for this game because it's a lot. So we know uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is out. Jalen Dern has been ruled out as well. Joe Harris is out. Uh, Isaiah Livers and Monte Morris. All these players are out for the Detroit Pistons. And for, again, for the Hawks, it is a questionable tag for Trey Young. Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus five in favor of the Atlanta Hawks uh, visiting the Detroit Pistons. What are you thinking? So, you know, my stance on personal reasons for a guy not uh, potentially playing. Usually they're not going to play. There's nothing to yeah. do with them personally. It has to do with something that their family. So usually you see them not playing. I'm assuming Trey's not going to play. So I'm, I'm expecting the line to drop a little bit. We'll see how that goes. Detroit is a team that is a little bit fun if you're a deep dive guy in the NBA because Cade's been good. Asar's been really good. Duran's been good too. I know Duran's not going to play. But still, the point is you're looking at this roster and they have a couple pieces. And then you look up and they're 2-9. and nine, And you realize this team never yeah. actually wins any games. And I feel like most people don't really acknowledge that. Now, if you want to take the Pistons, I don't hate it because they did give the Sixers a bit of a run for their money for two quarters. Things went south in the third quarter and Bede went nuts. It, it happens, you know. But you're looking at the Hawks without Trey. I like DeJounte props in this game. Yeah. I don't think Trey's going to play. Uh, but when you're looking at the Pistons, this team is not good. But with Trey probably not going to play, I do think there's some value on the Pistons at home. Atlanta, for the last couple of years, also not a great road team. They have not traveled well, historically mm-hmm. speaking. They can't shoot. It's really the problem with this Detroit team because Boyan's still injured and they don't have enough floor spacers. I actually watched a lot of that game against Philly, uh, and I saw Killian Hayes be their best offensive player for the entire game. That's not a good sign if, that, if he's going to be your best offensive player for a game. I'm going to link to Detroit. I think that Detroit's going to be able to hang in there, especially yeah. if Trey's going to be out, because it has to involves Atlanta changing everything they do. Now, the Jonathan can go nuts. If that happens, it happens. But I think based on how Atlanta's structured, whether they whether you agree with the strategy or not, Trey has the ball a lot. 
and now he's suddenly not there, and they're going to have to yeah. figure something else out. So they're going to have to adjust on the fly, in my opinion. Now, once again, you might want to wait for confirmation if Trey's not going to play. But for personal reasons, I said that, I said it about Draymond a couple weeks ago. He ended up not playing. He had a kid, so hopefully it's a good reason. Not Hopefully it's a positive with, the, with Trey's family as opposed to a negative with the family, but I'm assuming he's not going to be there. So I'm going to go with the Pistons. This team isn't particularly good, but they play hard, and defensively they're mm-hmm. fine. You can make an argument also that with Trey not being there, Cade is the best player on the floor, and they're sure. getting five with the best player, yeah. which is definitely mm-hmm. appealing. I'm going to link to Detroit. I like the under. Detroit can't score. I don't know what Atlanta is going to do without Trey Young, so I think 230 is too high. And a lot of these tournament games have been a bit more physical in nature, and I do think that Detroit is going to try to use their physicality in this game. I'll link to Detroit and I'll link to the under. Yeah, I like Detroit early in this game. Um, I think I've seen it multiple times. Casey also mentioned this in the chat that they get the lead or they're at least competitive in that first half and they just find ways to cough up leads. And and I pulled out the first quarter numbers here as far as net rating this season. And the Detroit Pistons are number 10 in net rating at 6.3. The Atlanta Hawks are all the way down to number 28 in the first quarter with a minus 13.7 net rating. And I believe they have, yeah, they have the second worst defensive rating in that first uh, first quarter at uh, 127. Uh, so I would take a look at Pistons uh, first quarter or first half in this game. I don't hate that. Um, as far as full game, I agree with you. I would lean with the Pistons here, especially again. Wait for that Trey Young use, uh, news. Uh, I think that number. I think that's baked in a little bit into this number right now. But um, I think if he does get ruled in, maybe gets to six, but. I think that um, for me, Pistons early in this game, first quarter, first half. Um, you mentioned already the total you like the under in this game. Um, yeah, again, I, I think that for Detroit, I don't think they're a very fast-paced team either. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so they're no, number thirteen. Atlanta's seven. But again, that everything changes, especially again with the, without Trey Young in the lineup. So uh, I'll agree with you on the under at two thirty right now. Player props, uh, Scott, you mentioned uh, DeJounte Murray. Anybody else we're looking at? Oh, sorry, Thompson rebounds, especially with yep. Dern being out. I had him mm-hmm. 12 plus rebounds last game. He had nine in the first quarter against Chicago, finished with 16. Mm-hmm. That's Guy's a great nice. rebounder. Yeah. The thing is, you're looking at Asar, he needs a lot of help offensively. He, like the rest of the team, he can't shoot, but he yeah. has a lot of energy and he's very good defensively. Great defensive player. And he's aggressive on the boards, and he does a lot of the small things to help teams win. I think he's a great glue guy. We'll see if in the future he can blossom into a star if the offensive game improves. We'll see what happens. But so far in his career, Asar Thompson rebounds is blindly worth a look if you're not going to see Dern in the lineup. Yeah, I agree with that. I was also looking at Capella's rebounds in this game. Let me see if I can find that. Um, Capella... Uh, is that 10 and a half at even money only uh, over on bet three, six, five, Bet three, six, five does have Trey young props up as well, but um, I haven't seen anything, anything updated news on him. I don't know if the chat can help us out with that, but um, yeah, I think that I'll look at Cade in this game as well. I don't think that uh, I don't know. DeJounte supposed to be a good defensive player, but he, he's Cade made multi. A couple of years ago, but yeah, you might conserve energy for offense. You never know. Yeah, points and assists. Maybe I look at for Cade. I know he's coming off a bad game against the Chicago Bulls, where he was only four of fifteen from the floor or five from three point land. Only finished that game with ten points, but um, on the season, averaging twenty two and a half points per game. So I would look at it that way. Um, anything else in this game here? 
one. No, oh, sorry, not really. Uh, but not, I'm right. assuming you agree about the under. Yeah, I do like the under again. Um, I am going to wait for that Trey uh, Trey Young news and then see if he's in this game or not. But if he is um, going to play, I would lean maybe to a Hawks team total over then. Uh, but if he doesn't play, yeah, I think this number will probably come down a couple points. Um, and then, yeah, come in on the under at that point. You make an argument that Trey being out is better for the under, not just because of his offensive talent, but because he's one of the worst defenders in the link. Yeah, I agree. All right, next game on the board here. Let's go over to the Indiana Pacers and the Philadelphia 76ers getting together again to play in this um, in-play tournament uh, group stage game. They did match up on Sunday where the Sixers did get the 137-126 victory in that game. And then uh, right now, Kersey stands a six-strike five-point favorite against the Pacers at home with a total of uh, 239. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the injury report uh, for the Sixers here. But I'll start with the Pacers here. A pretty clean injury report for them. Um, for the Sixers, Nick Batum is out. Joel Embiid is listed as questionable in this game. Also, Kelly Oubre, who suffered a, uh, a f- unfortunate accident after that game uh, where he was run over as a pedestrian. Uh, he is going to be out. He has fractured ribs. Uh, hopefully, he uh, returns sooner rather than later, wishing him a speedy recovery. Um, so Nick Batum and Kelly Oubre out for sure. And then Joel Embiid is questionable. His, he has left hip soreness. Um, so last game, Scott, we saw the Sixers get the 11 point victory in a game where Tyrese Maxey scored 50 points. Uh, right now, again, with Joel Embiid questionable, the line is at minus five. Uh, what are you thinking about this game? Minus five in favor of the Sixers. Well, of course, Embiid playing or not is going to determine my opinion on this. So I'll assume for now that Joel's going to play. And we're just looking at a spot where, oh, Joel's random on the injury report again, but he's going to play. We see it all the time. I think he's going to play mm-hmm. in this game, especially considering the fact Indiana can't guard him. So if Embiid does play, he might walk into 40 points. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, I gotta, I'm got i going to lean Sixers for now, assuming that Embiid's going to play. I really have a hard time taking Indiana seriously when they can't guard anybody. And yeah. there are bad defensive teams, and there's Indiana bad defensively. They're almost as bad as Washington defensively. Mm-hmm. They are awful. Now, some of it's pace-based because they go so fast that they're going to naturally give up a lot of points in transition. They're not even close. Like, yeah. any of these games are stopping anybody. Giannis had, what, like 40 or 50? Giannis had 50 against them, I think. Uh, Was that the Pacers game? I believe, yeah, let me look that up. Here. I think that was the Pacers game. Let's see here. Giannis had... Yeah, 54 against the Pacers. So they get 50 against them. They get 50 against Maxi. You're going to back-to-back 50 pieces? Like, this team can't guard anybody. It's really embarrassing. I get that Carlisle acknowledges the team needs to play fast. I get all that. But I don't think this team's a playoff team. If you're going to keep giving up 125 points a game, you're not going to make the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry what to tell you. But people are going to be on Maxi because he had the points. Do you think Indiana is even capable of making any defensive adjustments? Because my only pivot would be Maxi assists. Excuse me. I think there's only one way the Pacers are playing thus far this season is showing up in the numbers. And like you mentioned, that's just playing fast. And I think that's just what yeah. their style of basketball is. Now, it has, has uh, at least early in the season, they're six and four. Uh, and again, it's early. But like you mentioned, if you're going to give be given up 125 plus points per game, that's not going to translate to a lot of wins long term, especially when you go up against some of the better offensive teams in the league. So, um, yeah, I think that if MB does play, you, you got to lay with the uh, the Sixers here. Um, I can't bet it now. I mean, right now it's either yeah, Pacers or nothing, yeah. I guess, because MB might yeah. not play. But I think a lot of people will blindly run back Maxi 
and hope mm-hmm. that he just and he just gets 40 again. He might, but I got to give some faith to Carlisle to make any adjustment whatsoever. I'd probably pivot to Maxi says. Plus, even with Maxi dropping 50, Embiid still had what? Like roughly 40 points? Uh, He finished that game with... The high 30s? 37 and 13. It 37 points and his teammate at 50. You know how hard that is for two players to score 87 <laughs> combined points on the same team? I'll take yeah. Maxi assists. Um, and Hal, and Hal Burns should have a good game too because he always does. Yeah, in the event that MB doesn't play, I know everybody's going to look at the Maxi, but there's another. Would you, is there another pivot that you would go to? Is it Tobias Harris? I will never have money on Tobias Harris. Uh, but Paul I can understand. Reed double double. I, I was going to say I can understand your angle on that, but probably not. They have to yeah. find the new bench guy now that Ubre got hurt. So it is interesting yeah. how the Sixers are going to divide everything up with the mm-hmm. offensive responsibility of the second unit. So we'll see what happens, yeah. but. Tobias makes sense. I'd probably look more for like a Melton threes angle if I had to pick okay. somebody. But I think if I'm looking for the Pacers, I do like Matherin, who was struggling earlier yeah. this year. He's kind of picked it up a bit lately. Matherin's been good. I think Matherin's in line for a better showing. So I think Matherin probably has a decent game there. He's been a pretty good rebounder from the guard position. So I think I'd look for him for Indiana role players. For the Sixers, I think Melton threes is probably worth a look. I mean, if you t- just to put in context how fast that pace was or how fast pace is in the Pacers game, uh, the Sixers had three different guys that got up 20-plus shots. Uh, Tobias had 20, Maxi 32, Joel Embiid 26. And obviously, nobody else is really going to get shots, but that just kind of tells you how fast the pace is for this uh, Pacers team. Um, I, I think I got to run it back with Halley Assist. I think that's almost an autoplay right now. Um, 17 assists in that game against the Sixers um, on Sunday. And we know he's been able to do that number is probably 11 and a half uh, for this game. So I would look at uh, Halliburton over uh, their points and assist to go over or just assist alone. That's 11 and a half at even money. I mean, if you want to take that up for Halley, even 13 plus is that plus 170. That just kind of tells you what they're expecting from Pacers game. Pacers also nine and one to the over where their games are averaging 249 points per game. Um, and again, that just has a lot to do with number one, how bad their defense is and how um, fast they are playing. Anything else for this game here, Scott? Uh, not really. Of course, I like the over because Indiana is a blind over yeah. team. I'm still waiting for the Pacers to play the Wizards and you could potentially see a game reach 280. They play each other yet this season? They played the first game against each other, right? Uh, I want to see them again because I don't think we fully acknowledged how bad the defense and how great the pace was going to be. They did play in the first minute. I forgot about that. They did win that game. A game landed. Wait, Pacers. No, they played the sixth. Wait, did they? Yeah, first Uh, game. 143-123. So I want to see it again. I didn't take advantage of it the first time, but you might see 270. So get excited. You might want to circle that game on the calendar moving forward. Next time they play is Friday, December the 15th. December? Oh, that yeah. sucks. All yeah, right. we're about a month away from that matchup. <laughs> okay. But they do about have a month? Atlanta right, next Tuesday. Just saying. That was kind of one takeaway that I had. I forgot they played in the opener. That game landed 260-something. But, yeah, if you run that back, Indiana scored 143 the first time. Doesn't yep. doesn't really sound that surprising, to be honest. Yep. All right, here, Scott, let's get uh, – or before we get over to the next game on the schedule, uh, let me tell everyone about uh, – let's go to game time. Hey, 
it's that time of year we have college football going on, NFL's in full swing, NBA obviously, NHL as well, college football, college basketball also started. You want to get out to one of these games and let game time help you out. Let them take away the stress of having to buy tickets because hunting down the best price, uh, it could be a little difficult. And game time has the, some of the best price, if not the best price in the entire uh, industry. And having to buy tickets, it shouldn't have to be stressful to your favorite events. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sporting events, but also music, comedy, and uh, theaters that are near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. The app is so easy to use. There's some great stuff that happens on the app. Like I mentioned, flash deals and last-minute tickets. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every type of event in your area. Image of your seat. And also the lowest price guarantee plus event cancellation protection. So forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Get this. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their prices. Like I mentioned, before you actually buy the tickets, you can get images of your seat. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're all set to go. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email or wait for them in the mailbox. Nope, they're sent directly on the app, on the GameTime app, directly on your phone. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download GameTime, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bets with circle stats and data. Enter any parlay ID into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets or craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, next game on the board here. Let's go over to the battle of the rookies. We have the San Antonio Spurs. They are headed to Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. Currently, the Thunder are a nine and a half point favorite total of 237 in this game. Uh, let's look at the injury report for both of these teams for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Kelvin Johnson is questionable here tonight. Trey Jones is also questionable. And Jeremy Sohan is also questionable here tonight. So three guys that are questionable. Kelvin Johnson, Trey Jones and Jeremy Sohan for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Everybody is healthy and a go in this game. The Victor Winbinyama and Chet Holmgren um, battle here tonight. It is going to be on TNT, so nationally televised game. Thunder laying nine and a half here, Scott, uh, against the Spurs. What are you thinking about this game? I think I have to lean to the Thunder. I know that this team hasn't, I don't want to say lived up to their expectations because they are six and four, but you thought they'd be a little bit better so far this season. Maybe beating Golden State in that controversial ending would have helped things, but still. Point is, the Thunder are fine. We thought they'd be a bit better, but it's still early in the year. Nice comeback win, though, against Phoenix on the road. Phoenix is such a brutal fourth-quarter team. Separate story, though. Not going to get sidetracked. I think the Thunder bury the Spurs in this game. And the Spurs are a bad team. I think, simply put, watching them earlier this year, I know they had a nice comeback win down 20 and change against Phoenix, but if you watch this team play... 
The Spurs are a low 20s win team. They're not very good. They don't guard anybody. They need Wemby to be a god. And most of the time, he's been inefficient. He's had a couple of really good games, one against Phoenix. Uh, the other was, I'm drawing a blank who he was good against, but he had a 28-point game, I think, a couple days ago. The point is, most of the time, Wemby's been underwhelming in most of these games, and the supporting cast isn't good enough to help carry the load because they're looking at what the Spurs do well at, and it's a great question. What, what do they do well at? Like, I, I'm trying to, they're not a good defensive team. Are they good offensively? Not really. Uh, can they rebound? Maybe not really. Like I, I'm trying to think what they're good at because Kelvin Johnson's got talent, Vassell's got talent. I get all that. Are they good enough to be full full starters and offensive focal points? No. I think we'd agree Vassell and Ashor Kelvin Johnson would be better. Uh, I don't want to say role players on elite teams, but you get my point. I just think that their role is so big because they don't have any, any other options. Sellhands at point guard. That lineup makes no sense at all. So that doesn't work. I think Trey Jones should be starting. They don't have any front court depth either. No offense to Zach Collins. I've never been a big fan of his, but he's been okay yeah. this year, statistically speaking. But it really just comes down to Wemby. They put so much on this rookie's plate, and he, so far he's been, I don't want to say a disappointment, but I think a lot of us were expecting a bit more consistency, and he's had, he's had a lot of really bad games. It just is what it is. You know, I have Wemby to win rookie of the year. Would I vote for him right now? No. I'd have him in third place. Is he going to win the award? Maybe, because he's got so much hype behind him. Chet has easily been better. It has not been close. Chet's been very yeah. efficient. He's been solid. I think Asar has been better than him, if I'm being honest. But the problem that I have with the Spurs is the fact that, once again, they're a young team that really doesn't have any players that wow me, except for Victor, and he's had a lot of growing pains early in his rookie career. The Thunder are a solid team. They they know each other well. The chemistry is there, and they've been around the block a few times. I think the Thunder bury this team. The Spurs on the road have also been abysmal, which I want to point out. Uh, you're looking at the yeah. recent road games they had. The last two road games they had in the span of last week played the Knicks, lost by 21, played the Pacers, lost by 41. I don't trust this team on the road. They've lost five straight. Give me the Thunder. I think they might bury this team. Yeah, I think the only thing that people are maybe hanging their hats on for the Spurs team is the two victories they had against the Phoenix Suns. But again, but one was a miracle. Yeah, one was a miracle, yeah. And then, obviously, they were without Bradley Beal and Devin Booker uh, in those two games. So it was pretty much Kevin Durant having to be that guy in both of those games. But, I mean, you mentioned that's, that's the two things that stick out to me is their last two road games for the San Antonio Spurs team where they give up 152 in regulation uh, to the Indiana Pacers. And if you just take a look at their overall defensive rating uh, for this season, they are the second worst at 119.8. But like you mentioned, what stuck out to me is is the road numbers uh, for this team uh, on their defensive rating? That goes all the way down to let's see here. Oh, it didn't update for me. Uh, I have to hit refresh. So that goes from one nine one eighteen one nineteen for their overall net rating or sorry defensive rating to one twenty five point seven in their five road games thus far this season. I think a lot of that obviously has to do with the last two games. So that's still second worst, only behind the Indiana Pacers. So. I know this is a big number for the OKC Thunder at 123.5 for their team total, but I, I think this is a game where they can put up at least 125, possibly get into the 130 range here. And I think also, number one, that or number two, I should say that the pace has also been there for the Thunder team, uh, where they are tied for the sixth fastest pace with the Milwaukee Bucks thus far this season. So um, 
I'm looking at the Thunder team total to go over in this game. I think I like the first half uh, for the Thunder here as well. Uh, but I think maybe by mid fourth quarter, this may just turn into a blowout for the OKC Thunder. So I'll lean with the Thunder full game here. I love their team total over 123 and a half. Um, any thoughts on totals for this game here, either full game or side? Oh, sorry, team I, have, totals? I have to agree about the team total. The problem with the full game over is I'm not sure if the Spurs are going to end up getting blown out and they maybe pull a bunch of starters. We're going to see what happens, but people are going to build this as the battle of two potential stars in their first ever head to head meeting with Wemby and Chet. The problem is I think the Spurs, once again, are a really bad basketball team. I think they're a bottom five team in the league. You can argue bottom three. They're really bad. And I think when you're looking at the actual spot here, OKC, nice road one against the Suns. If they came back home and buried the Spurs, I think a lot of us would look back on this and say, why didn't I see that coming? Because a yeah. lot of there's a lot of reasons to lean towards the Thunder in this game in general. And you're adding the fact that the Spurs have also lost five straight and they've lost their last two road games once again by about an average of 30 points and change. Mm-hmm. They've gotten buried on the road the last two games. If OKC is a very good team, which we think they can be, they got to take advantage of the bad teams at home. And I yep. think they do that in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tournament game. You might remember the last tournament game they had at home was the Steph Curry layup, uh, you know, yeah. buzzer beater, contra- uh, not buzzer beater, but yeah, my point, like point yeah. four on the clock, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think this game does matter for the Thunder in some degree because one, you don't want to start off 0-2 in group stage play. Yeah. Two, you also want to not go 0-2 at home in the group stage. You could have been the Thunder. You could have been the uh, Warriors. Game was close. You lost. It happens. Warriors are a good team. I think you have to lay the wood here. I think the Thunder are going to bury this team, and they win by double digits. Yeah, I think also, I think we haven't mentioned this, that point differential also does matter uh, in those games when we're talking about group stage, right? So they're going to want to... Right before yes. the buzzer in the last one. Yeah, so they want to keep shooting, getting as many points as you can score, and what better way to do that uh, against a porous uh, San Antonio Spurs defense. So, um, yeah, I like it. They're also 4-2 and two against the spread in their home games thus far this season are the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Jason, player correct me, they are 0-2. They are uh, they are 0-1 at home in the group stage, but they did lose to Sacramento. With no Fox, too, it's a pretty bad loss. The Thunder need this win for the sake yeah. of the in-season if they care about it. Some teams might not care about it, but you're 0-2 in group stage. You lost to a team without the Aaron Fox last time out. You pretty much need this game. There is motivation for the Thunder to absolutely bury this team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, player props in this game? It's really tough because the Thunder might blow this team out. So I feel like when you're trying to think of where you want to go, I'm probably going to lean more towards Spurs unders. I mean, Wemby should have an interesting matchup against Chet. I don't really like Wemby in that matchup, to be honest, because Wemby's Mm -hmm. been very inefficient so far in his career. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I want him. If I wanted him, it would be rebounds. But I think I'm going to lean to Wemby under. Uh, I do see a good point being made by Luis, where he mentions that Lou Dort might end up guarding Vassell, uh, especially if Keldon's potentially not going to play. And if that's the case, then I do have faith in Lou Dort to put Vassell in the Dortcher chamber. And I do think that you're going to look for Vassell unders. So I have to wait and see what the stories of the injury report, because Sohan, Trey Jones, and Keldon Johnson all are questionable. So do the Spurs just might, are the Spurs just not going to have a point guard in this game? If Sohan and you're looking at Trey Jones both not playing, who's their point guard? Uh, let me see. Golly, I can't even think of anybody off the top of my head. It's been Kelvin Johnson's on the injury report as well. So 
Uh, I would probably look at a Wimby th- uh, triple double then because he's going to have to be that guy. Um, I mean, there's what Doug Big or uh, Malachi Bronham. Sure. I mean, he has seven first guy, they don't have any point guards potentially in this game. So, yeah, I have to go yeah. to OKC. Yeah. Uh, Wimby in the last game without Trey Jones, uh, 18 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists he did have. Malachi brought him off the bench, 20 minutes, 13.7 assists. So I think that if and Trey Jones does not play, I'm going to be looking at assists for, for Bronham in this game or even Wimby. Um, but again, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. I'm on Chet points and rebounds here, or at least his points here, 15 and a half for tonight. Um, again, I think that he shows up in this game going up against Victor Vimdanyama, and it's only at 15 and a half. I think this is a game where um, he does get over this number. So I'm looking at Chet uh, player points to go over. Anything else for this game here, Scott? No, once again, I think that there's a decent chance OKC completely curb stomps him, so I can't yeah. really go too far into the prop market. All right. Uh, so bit of uh, news on the Hawks game. Trey Young is officially ruled out. Personal reasons. They're yeah. never going to play. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, so he'll be out for this game, so probably uh, pivot to DeJounte Murray props, uh, Jalen Johnson props uh, for this game. All right. Uh, let's keep it moving here. A lot of games still to get to here. Let's go over to the Orlando Magic. They are in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. Nets currently at minus three point favorite at home. Total of two eighteen and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Markel Fultz is out, and Gary Harris is questionable for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, ben Simmons, Cam Thomas are both out, and then Lonnie Walker uh, is questionable. And that is pretty much it. So Cam Thomas and uh, Ben Simmons out for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Nets minus three hosting the Orlando Magic here. Scott, what are you thinking? So the Nets have been fine this season. Uh, Cam Thomas got injured, which sucks. Uh, but they beat the Clippers. I don't know if that means anything anymore. Uh, but you're looking at them losing to the Celtics. That was expected going into Boston without Cam Thomas. You know, they lost by 14. Mm-hmm. Beat the Wizards. Somehow only scored 102, but a win's a win. So yeah. it still counts, I guess. I like the Magic in this spot. I think looking at this overall matchup, you have to at least acknowledge the fact that even though the Nets have been a good story so far this season, they're good as dogs. I don't trust them laying three in this game. And with the injuries to Simmons, I know Simmons is kind of a meme, but he was actually pretty good when he actually did play. Cam Thomas was averaging roughly 27 points a game. So with him not playing in this game either, I think the Magic are decent. They can't really score, so I'm going to like the under in this game, but at least they're for the most part, healthy, and mm-hmm. I can't really say the same about the Nets. So I know Wendell Carter's not playing. I get that. So Claxton might have a good game. It's why you plugged him during the underdog read. But I think that you're looking at the backcourt with Suggs, with Black, and with Wagner. Uh, Boncaro, we know, is still a solid player. I think I'm going to lean to Orlando. Fultz not being there does make me want to take something involving Boncaro assists. But I do think the Nets are more suited to be getting points because they play hard than to lay points. They're also not that great at home. I'll take I'll take Orlando plus the points, but I'll lean to the under. Yeah, I love Orlando in this spot, uh, especially in the first half. I know a lot of uh, us have had discussion in the Discord uh, about Orlando Magic, and I've been on this train uh, since their first game. First uh, yeah, first half, 8-1 and one straight up, 8-1 and one against the spread, and they're catching points at uh, plus 1.5 right now in the first half. Money lines around plus 115 as well, so... Uh, I do like the Magic here, uh, first half and full game. 
Um, total, I agree about the under. I think that this Magic team has made a commitment on the defensive side of the basketball, especially um, if you look at their defensive rating. Uh, they are actually number two right behind the Minnesota Timberwolves as far as defense goes uh, thus far this season. So expect uh, them to be uh, locked in, obviously, like they have all season long defensively. Uh, player props in this game. Obviously, I did mention Nick Claxton. I think that he'll have a good game. His number was at nine and a half on his rebounds. I'll take the over on that. I think, and, and then the last couple of games without Paul, uh, sorry, without Wendell Carter Jr., um, Paul has been able to uh, get the rebounds and also rack up the assists. I know you mentioned assists as well. I'm trying to find the number That's more on of a his Fultz angle because he was very good at facilitating okay. with Fultz being out. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the rebounds and assist number for um, Pankara. Let me see. Um, it's at 12 and a half. It is juice at minus 130, but I, I do like it. Um, last game against the Bucks, 12 rebounds, five assists. Against the Hawks, he had eight rebounds and only four assists. But I think more times than I against Lakers, seven rebounds, ten assists in that game. So I uh, do like Paolo on his points and assists. Sorry, uh, rebounds and assists. And I like Claxton on his rebounds here. Any player props you're looking at? I am tempted by Dimwitty Unders. I just okay. think he's so bad. <laughs> I'm so anti Dimwitty. I've been so anti Dimwitty for years. And some of it's just based on the fact that he thinks he's better than he actually is. Mm-hmm. But. I, I just think that we were expecting a bit more, especially with Cam Thomas being out. You're hoping that Dimwitty, since he likes to have the ball in his hands all the time, he would put up better numbers, and he hasn't. So I think that if Orlando is going to play good defense, Dimwitty's probably going to struggle. So I wouldn't mind his unders. If you want to go for some trends here, uh, Dimwitty under six and a half assists is actually cashed in five straight, cashed in eight of the last 10. That might be worth a look. Bridges at 25 and a half points. That sounds pretty steep. He's gone under Nate of the last 10. We think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I yeah. probably went to the under on those. Yeah, I mean, I think in the last game without, I don't think it's a Ben Simmons effect. Ben Simmons doesn't put up shot, but I think probably because Cam Thomas is not there that he got up 29 shots in that game against the Wizards where, like we mentioned, they only scored 102 points, but 11 of 29, he was only 2 of 14 from three-point line. He got 14 three-point shots in that game, but we know the Wizards defense is on another level compared to his Magic team, but uh, he did finish that game with 27 points, 13 rebounds as well for Mikhail. So you're telling me that he put up 29 shots and he scored 27 points and I'm supposed to be afraid <laughs> of 25 and a half. It was a bad shooting night for him. I, the point is the volume was absurd. That's kind of yeah, my yeah. point. They got to they got to pivot to some degree. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else for this game? No, not really. Uh, once again, I think Orlando is potentially going to win this game. I think they're a better team yeah. than Nets if I had to break it down, but should be close. Should be a fun matchup. All right, next game on the board, uh, Battle of the Southwest teams here. Uh, We have the Dallas Mavericks. They are in the big easy to take on the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Currently, the Mavericks are a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite here, um, 240 on the total. Uh, Looking, excuse me, at the injury report for this game, uh, for the Dallas Mavericks, Maxi Kleber is going to be out, uh, and that is the only significant injury for the Dallas Mavericks. For the New Orleans Pelicans, Herb Jones is questionable here tonight. We know CJ McCollum is also out, and then Trey Murphy, the third, and uh, Larry Nance Jr. are out. So some significant injuries for the Pelicans. Herb Jones, questionable. CJ McCollum out. Trey Murphy out, and Larry Nance are all out for this game. Um, Scott, let's start with the side here. Minus three and a half in favor of the Mavericks. What are you thinking? I'm just going to pick Dallas, simply put. Going to the offseason, I wanted to like the Pelicans, but it was the same thing as last year. I 
ended up, you know, biting the bullet on last year, except in the fact that I can't trust this team. And this year, I wanted nothing to do with them. And I'm so happy that I have nothing to do with them because I can't stand this team. This team's injured all the time. It sucks. They have talent. But I also remember Willie Green having a very solid dream run as a play-in team to actually Mm -hmm. give Phoenix a run for their money. And they haven't done anything since. And I thought Willie Green was actually going to be a really good coach after what happened that first year. And I haven't seen anything since. I'm not saying Jason Kidd's a good coach, but at least he has his team playing well. Yeah. What is there to like about the Pelicans? When you're looking at CJ collapsed along, it sucks. It's going to happen. You're going to get injuries. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Trey Jones, uh, Trey uh, Murphy's a very good player. He's still injured. They don't guard anybody. They can't rebound, which is kind of shocking because you figure with Zion and Valanciunas, they would be a good rebounding team. And they're dead last in rebounding, which is pretty yeah. weird. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be on Dallas. This Luka Kyrie thing has actually worked out. And yeah. Luka's looked like a top three player in the league so far this season. My concern is the Pelicans aren't going to guard anybody. And I know Dallas isn't a great defensive team either. But I think Dallas is good enough to get the job done. I don't think anybody on the Pelicans can guard Luka. Even Herb Jones, if he does play, Luka's got what? Like 60 pounds on him? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think that anyone can, on New Orleans can guard him. So I'm going to take the Mavericks. If the Pelicans come out and win this game, good for them. But from what I've seen so far this season, I can't trust them with my own money. I'll take Dallas. At least they've shown me something so far this season. Yeah, both these teams are bottom 10 in defensive rating and top 10 in uh, pace uh, thus far this season. Again, these two teams just matched up. uh, I believe this was on Sunday uh, where the Dallas Mavericks in New Orleans uh, got the 136-124 victory. Uh, Kyrie and Luka in that game played less than 30 minutes each and both scored 30-plus points in that game. Kyrie had a phenomenal game, 35 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 13 of 20 from the floor, 7 of 10 from 3-point line for Kyrie Irving that game. Luka, uh, 11 of 18, 4 of 9 from 3-point line as well. So uh, doing pretty well. Uh, are the Dallas Mavericks thus far? So yeah, I'm gonna lay the points here as well. I'm not sure if you saw the comments from Zion in a post game interview uh, that he said that he is doing his best uh, on trying to buy in on what's going on right now with the Pelicans. But again, like we mentioned, it's just they're just decimated by injuries right now. Um, and when you have you know Matt Ryan, no disrespect to him, but he's playing 27 minutes right now for this. Uh, Pelicans bench, Jeremiah uh, Robinson Earl, 26 minutes as well. So when you're missing key guys, um, you know, like the Herb Jones of the world, the Larry Nances of the world, who are good role players, Trey Murphy's of the world, um, some of the, you know, obviously the end of the bench is going to get more minutes uh, for this Pelicans team. So I'll just go back to Mavericks team total over. Again, this team is is very good offensively. Obviously, when you have Kyrie and Luka in the back uh, in the backcourt, um, total 240 in this game here. Scott, what are you thinking? I'm not taking the under. I would take Dallas team total over if I had to pick something. But yeah. to address the Zion comments, I hope you're trying to buy in. They're paying you $197 million. Yeah. I don't even know what you're that just... means. You're like you're like 10 games into a season trying to buy in. Okay. You're like a, you're not even a seventh of the way through the season. I I mean, I, I think it's going to come to a point where they're going to either BI is going to have to get shipped or Zion's going to get out the ship. But that, I think that's saying this for years. This combo yeah. doesn't work. Like, yeah. it, it, they keep they keep it together. It's not as bad as the Bulls. Yeah. Because at least these guys are younger. Mm-hmm. But I mean, damn, man, I'm trying to buy in. They're paying you 197 <laughs> million. Uh, Mavericks four and one to the over in their five road games thus far this season, and then overall uh, they are, I believe, eight and two to the over. So. Um, a team that uh, like like the Pacers, 
are, are an offensive machine and then they're doing well. So I think, yeah, Mavericks team total over for both of us here. Um, player props, what are we looking at? I think Luka kills this team, but once again, you have a blowout concern. If yeah. Dallas was up a bunch, would you be shocked? Probably not. But mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty similar script to what we saw last game out between these teams, which is Luka and Kyrie doing their own thing. They're going to dominate, and New Orleans probably has no answers. So I'm going to look for Kyrie and Luka to have good games. Luka triple-double maybe worth a look because New Orleans is that bad at rebounding. So keep an mm-hmm. eye out on that. But I just think Dallas might score 130. So I think you're going to see a bunch of guys having good moments. Maybe Grant Williams threes might be worth a look. He's been very good for that team. But yeah. I think that I'm going to go with Luka and Kyrie props. I'm going to stick with what worked last game for them, which is letting their two guys go crazy. Yeah, Kyrie in his career against the Pelicans is averaging 27.1 points per game um, and also has had a lot of success knocking down the three-point shot as well. Um, And the rebounds and assists have been there for him as well. So it looks like Kyrie's uh, playing some great basketball uh, for the Mavericks uh, thus far this season. Um, Yeah, I didn't really have any props that I really did love for this game, so I'm not going to force anything. Uh, all right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the night. Uh, we'll head to the West Coast or kind of the West Coast. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, they are in uh, Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Jazz. Jazz, a six-point favorite in this game with a total of 230. Uh, looking at the injury report for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, very thin in the backcourt. They are going to be without Malcolm Brogdon, Scoot Henderson, and we know about Anthony Simons. And also, Robert Williams is uh, pretty much done for the year. For the Utah Jazz, uh, John Collins is Probable in this game. Walker Kessler, we know, is out. And those are the only two significant injuries. So uh, Blazers catching six points here in uh, Salt Lake City here. Scott, what are you thinking about this side? I really hate the idea of laying six with Utah. But, I mean, you said it. Portland has no point guards. So they're not a very good team to begin with. Scoot's been injured. Now they they lost Rob Williams for the year as a good bench player. And now they also ended up losing Brogdon. No offense to Brogdon, but I think most of us saw this coming because he gets hurt every year. Same mm-hmm. with Rob Williams. But yep. Utah did win their last game, beat Memphis, which is something the Clippers couldn't do. So you got that going for you. But I think when you're looking at this matchup, the question is, can Portland do enough offensively to hang in there? I don't know the answer to that because Portland, the last three games, lost to Memphis by 12 at home. I know they split the games against Memphis. They were down by, I think it was like nine with three minutes to go. And they came back and won the first game. So that was kind of fluky, but they still got the job done. They lost to the Kings in overtime with no De'Aaron Fox. And they lost to the Lakers yesterday or two days ago with no LeBron. So that's pretty bad losses uh, for Portland. Yeah. I think I'm going to lean to Utah. I don't feel good about it at all. Utah's got to win a home game against a bad team, in my opinion. But they're three and seven. They're two and two at home. Oh, let's see. Okay, we'll get Scott back here in a minute, uh, but I'll get my handicap here. Uh, this was the first game that I crossed off my list, and there's no way that I, I'm laying points uh, here with the Utah Jazz as a six-point favorite. But I'll mention this, that the uh, Utah Jazz this season at home are, I believe, a perfect 4-0 and to the over um, this season. I know the Pelicans are, sorry, the Pelicans, the uh, Trailblazers are very thin at that guard position, but... I think that Skylar Mays has filled in very nicely um, for the lack of cards that they do have on this team. Um, and for your fantasy players, that if you are looking for a guy, I think that's a guy that you probably want to pick up uh, in your fantasy teams. But I can't get there with the 
uh, Portland Trailblazers in this game. I'm sorry, with the Utah Jazz laying the points here at the six. Um, I crossed this game off the list, but I do lean towards it over in this game here. Scott, we got Scott back, but Scott, uh, Jazz are four no to the over in their four home games thus far this season. They've been going over uh, by a pretty good amount of points. Uh, any thoughts on the total? I'd lean over. I think I prefer Utah first half, by the way, for the spread. The issue with Portland, once again, is with no point guard and with a pretty young roster. I don't really trust anybody's decision-making. Grant's been around for a while. He's always going to try to get his. He's not going to try to get his teammates involved. Sharp is young. He always tries to get his. Doesn't really try to get his teammates involved. Aiton is doing Aiton things. He's not dominating, but he's definitely playing. So I don't trust anybody really on that Portland offense to get their teammates involved. I think ball movement might be, might be a bit stagnant in this game. Give me Utah first half. It's a good spot to beat up on what could be the worst team in the league based on the injuries right now. So Mm -hmm. I think Utah probably gets out to an early lead. I'm not going to, I don't trust them to lay six either, but I think in the first uh, 24 minutes, I don't hate it. I'll go Utah first half. All right. Uh, Player props in this game. What are we looking at? I'm trying to think of who on Portland's going to guard Markinen. I think Grant's going to have a good game for Portland because he's the veteran totem pole guy where if he wants to get shots, he'll get shots. I think Grant's yeah. going to have a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. As for Utah, I think Markinen's in line for a good game uh, just because, once again, Portland can't really guard him. I'm trying to think of who else I really want on Utah, and I'm not going to lie. It's a bit dicey when you're looking at that roster, but yeah, uh, Keontae George has been good if you want to yeah. go for some assists. I know he couldn't hit a shot last game, but facilitating has been good for him. Portland's not great defensively. He does start at this point, give me Keontae George's assist. Yeah, I'm trying to find that number. Uh, the market has caught up on Jeremy Grant's points at 25 and a half now, but uh, I mean, the, the volume is definitely going to be there for Jeremy Grant, especially with all the injuries that they do have. Keontae George is at six and a half assists at minus 145, though. It seems like the market is also caught up on that. Um, Might be a double-double look at George if you think he actually hit some shots tonight. Yeah, Skyler Mays, um, last two games as he's filled in in the starting role for this uh, Utah, sorry, for the Portland Trailblazers team, 11 assists and 12 assists. He's had a double-double in both of those games. So I wonder what a 10-plus assist for George and a 10-plus assist Mays parlay looks like, like a same-game parlay for those guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, with the injuries that the Blazers have in the backcourt, Mays has stepped into that starting lineup, double-digit assists and double-digit points over the last two games. Um, and again, like you mentioned on Jeremy Grant, it's been um, he's pretty much been the offense because the points are now showing up for him. In the last five games, he's averaging twenty-seven point six points per game, um, and he's getting up the shot volume as well. Over the last five games, averaging close to twenty-one shots per game, and also getting up the three-point shots as well. So. I couldn't talk you off of a Jeremy Grant prop here, prop here of over 25 and a half points here. But um, those are the kind of couple guys that I was looking at uh, in this game. Uh, Scott, while you do that up, I'll get over to the next game here. Uh, let's go over. This might be a simple handicap. The LA Clippers, they are in Denver to take on the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets currently sitting as a four and a half point home favorite. Total of 225 uh, injury report for the Clippers. Pretty clean. Only player that has been uh, ruled out or is going to be out is Mason Plumley. He has that left MCL sprain for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we know that Jamal Murray is going to be missing at least the rest of the month. But other than that, pretty healthy squad here for the Denver Nuggets. 
where do we start with this game? In the James Harden era for this Clippers team, 0-4 ATS, 0-4 straight up. The offensive rating has not been very good. Um, James Harden has not been very good. And this offense just looks like it's stuck in mud right now when James Harden is on the floor. I'm not sure if people saw this stat that was put out on the Twitterverse with when James Harden's on the floor. The Clippers are minus 67. And without him on the floor, I believe they were like plus 23. Um, but I, I think for me, until I think the Clippers figure this out here, Scott, it's it, I think it's Denver minus four and a half for me. I'm not even going to think twice about this. Yeah, first things first, by the way, the uh, assist parlay with George and Mays is about nine to one so far. Mm, so okay. that's an option. Uh, but like looking that. at the Nuggets, I'm taking the Nuggets. Uh, they own the Clippers. They always have. Uh, Jokic kills this team every time. Now Zubak passes prime, and you're looking at a spot where, uh, once again, Zubak, I just think, can't. He can never guard Jokic anyway, but now Plumlee's not even playing. So if he gets into foul trouble, they are completely screwed. Who are they going to use? P.J. Tucker? To guard Jokic? Like, probably. I that, mean, I Zubat's probably going to get in foul trouble. That's that's my point. They don't have a backup yeah. center. So you're looking at Tucker probably having to guard Jokic for part of the game. I'm on Denver anyway. I think Denver's the best team in the league. Uh, and I think the Clippers are a laughing stock. I think that the Harden trade might be one of the worst midseason trades of all time. The mm-hmm. only thing I'm annoyed at with that trade is the fact that they announced the trade when I was not doing the episode the day after because you and Terrell had the luxury of talking about it. I would have loved to have been on the show for that trade. Uh, but I do think looking at this actual spot, the Clippers are terrible. I said it a, about a week or two ago. I will blindly fade the Clippers in every game until they cover a point spread with Harden. I'm still waiting, and I'm still cashing, so I can't complain too much. They lost at home to Memphis. They are getting buried in that game, by the way. They came back to make it interesting, but they still lost. This team's awful. They don't yeah. do anything well. You're trying to think of like what the Clippers do well at, and are they a good rebounding team? Not really. Do they facilitate? Not really. Are they good offensively? No. Are they good defensively with Westbrook and Harden? No. They don't do anything well. And Ty Lue's saying we're going to figure it out. No, you're not. Like, I don't think you're a great coach either. So I think that looking at this team, I think they're going to miss the playoffs. I think they're a bad team. So I'll go Denver in altitude at home against a team they normally own. Jokic last game, they lost to Houston. Shout out to your Rockets. He dropped like 30, 20, and 10. I think he's in line to bury this team. I'll take the Nuggets. And they're going to be motivated because yeah. they lost um, I think, again, yeah. Uh, yeah, coming off a loss, and that's the spot I really look at to take this Denver Nuggets team. But, um, again, it, I think if Clippers win this game, I'm not going to blink or think twice that why did I bid Denver Nuggets? Because, again, like we mentioned, the four games with James Harden uh, since the trade, they've been absolutely atrocious, uh, to put it lightly. Uh, totals at 225. I'm leaning towards under in this game here, Scott. I feel like this number is a little inflated, especially like you mentioned offensively. This Clippers can team can't do anything, especially without Jamal Murray. And when Nikola Jokic goes off the floor, the offense kind of goes stagnant historically for the Denver Nuggets. So under 225 for me. Any thoughts on that? I think I prefer the Clippers team total under in this game. Okay. Denver could go nuts offensively. Uh, the Dallas game was very weird because there was a lot of money coming on the over. And the game landed 270. Uh, but the Grizzlies game, they scored 101. Nets game, they scored 93. Knicks game, they scored 97. I'm not really going to overthink this. This team total is going to be somewhere in the high 100s, low one teens. That's too high. Denver defensively has been pretty good. So I'll go with the Clippers team total under. Yeah, that number's probably around 109. I was going to say 109.5 yeah. or 110.5. So yeah. I'll lean under um, there. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, player props, anything? Jokic triple double. Jokic, it, whatever like the hell you money, want. I gotta take it. I mean, I, I think Jokic drops a, a crazy stat line tonight. The Clippers are once again a tough team to pick because you're not gonna take an over with this team because they can't score. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty tough. I think Zubak does nothing tonight because I think he's going to be in foul trouble the entire time. But yep. I think mainly the props are just Jokic. I think Jokic has a massive game. I think Denver stays undefeated in group stage play. And I think Denver coasts. So, yeah, mostly just Jokic. Yeah, I didn't really have any other props I did like. I mean, you take a look at Ivan Zubac's props or his stats over the last four games 6.6 points, 8 points, 6 points. Five rebounds, nine rebounds, five rebounds, seven rebounds. So maybe points and rebounds to go under here tonight. I also for, like Aaron uh, Gordon. I forgot much. to mention that. If I'm going to go with Jokic well. triple-double, then somebody's yeah. going to have to cut to the basket. That's all yeah. Aaron Gordon does. So give me Gordon mm-hmm. points. Yeah, he's been rebounding the basketball as well. Uh, 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 very well, I should say, over the last five games. 10.2 uh, on average over the last uh, five games. Here. He's been in double-digit rebounds in three out of the last four games as well. So... If you want to look at Aaron Gordon double double or his uh, rebounds, I don't hate that number's probably at eight and a half. Let me double check here. Aaron Gordon rebounds seven and a half at even money. I, I kind of like the over on that uh, for Aaron Gordon here tonight. Uh, all right, uh, next game on the board here, Scott. Let's get over to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They are in the Bay Area to take on the Golden State Warriors. Warriors minus two uh, as it stands right now with a total of 220 in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves, pretty clean injury report. Um, only significant name on there is Jordan McLaughlin. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry is officially listed as questionable in this game with right knee soreness. Um, these two teams just matched up, I believe, on Sunday where the Wolves got the 116-110 victory. I'm not sure. I'm sure a lot of people saw the back-and-forth bickering between By the way, Draymond Green. Did we yeah. skip the Miami-Charlotte game? I think we did. Well, I'll go back to we'll it. Get back to it game. after. Yeah, my bad. Um, actually, yeah, that was the first game that was on the board. I think I scrolled past it. Uh, yeah, we'll go back to that game. You saw Charlotte um, and decided it's not worth your time. Yeah, probably that too. Um, Warriors minus two in this game here, Scott. Can you make a case for them? The case is they just played, and you're hoping that the team that just lost ends up getting revenge at home. Uh, the problem is Golden State scoring-wise, not great. And that was the issue that I had early in the year. Uh, when I saw them lose their first game to Denver, they need Curry to go supernova. And even when he does, they don't always win because Clay is talking about how he needs to play better and how he believes in himself that he's going to. He said he's been bad for 10 games. I'll make it work. It's been like 20 games if you include the playoffs, by the way, but he's just stri- he's just strict, uh, you know, striking that from the record. I think Clay is not that good. I've said it for a couple of years at this point. Not his fault. He's had a bunch of knee injuries. It is what it is. But he's not mm-hmm. the player he used to be, and he thinks he still is, and that's a problem. But I'm trying to think of who's actually a threat on this team offensively. Who is a threat on this team offensively? Wiggins Jordan had a great Poole. playoff oh, run. No, he hasn't Jordan really Poole. done much since. Draymond, we know, can't shoot. Looney can't shoot. Chris Paul, at this stage in his career, is more of a facilitator. Kaminga gets some minutes. He's an energy guy. Is he a great player? Not really. Same with Moody. They can't score. But they have one guy that has to do everything for this team offensively. And when he's not going crazy, or what do you have last game? He had like, what do you have, 38 against Minnesota, and they still lost the game? 
Yeah, 38, five point, sorry, 38, five rebounds, three assists, 11 of 25 from the field, five of 13. So no one is don't have enough weapons for me. That's really the problem. Yeah. Now, the other hand, Golden State's still very good at home. And you're mm -hmm. thinking, all right, maybe Minnesota's going to be fat and happy after what happened last game. And Golden State sneaks up on them. But I think Minnesota's the better team. Minnesota's Defensively good. Defensively, too. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively, Minnesota's the best team in the league with McDaniels yeah. and with Gobert returning to form. Gobert, the new defensive player of the year favorite. Um, yep. I'm going to lean to Minnesota. I could be wrong. Maybe Golden State wakes up for a tournament game and they get revenge. You know, that could always happen. But. Minnesota's got the size. They have the scoring. Golden State once again is really just one guy. Uh, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Minnesota in the spot. Yeah, I think I gotta go to Minnesota here as well until I see something from the um, Warriors offensively. I think that's just crazy for us to say because we were so just this used, used to this team walking into 150, 120 points per game. Was well, last year in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, Curry was by himself out there because Clay was shooting up bricks. Nothing yeah. really changed with this team. Anthony Edwards last game, 33 points, 11 of 27 from the floor, one of nine uh, from the free, uh, sorry, from three point land. But I think they expect him to have a better game here tonight as well. Cat had a really good game, 21 points, 14 rebounds. And Rudy Gobert, like you mentioned, finished up with a double double bust, so five blocks uh, in this game against the uh, against the uh, Warriors here. So I lean with the Minnesota Timberwolves here as well. Total of 220. Um, I think it's just a case, that simple fact that if there's no Curry, then who is scoring points here for this Warriors team? And that the game is probably just slows down a little bit uh, without Steph Curry in the lineup. And again, we like we mentioned, the Minnesota Timberwolves, the best defensive rated team thus far in the season. So it's almost like one plus one, no Curry, best defense. Boats went under or, or under or a Golden State Warriors team total under. I'm going to lean to an under anyway. Uh, we saw things get a bit chippy at the end of the game between Anthony yeah. Edwards and Draymond. For the mm -hmm. record, Edwards completely dominated that matchup. Uh, yeah. Edwards iced the game pretty easily after that. But these teams don't like each other, rightfully so. I can see it getting physical in an in-season tournament game. I'm going to be on the under. Yep, I agree. Uh, player props, what are we looking at, if anything? Uh, player props, I think Edwards has a good game because I don't yep. think anybody on Golden State can guard him. Uh, when you're looking at other props, I, I want to lean to Clay under, but if Curry doesn't play, then suddenly Clay's number skyrockets. So I can't really play anything on Golden State until I find out if uh, Curry's going to play. Draymond under? What the hell is he supposed to do against Towns and Gobert? Yeah, I don't think he can do anything. The funny part is that the books have, um, at least on bet three six five. The only player listed for the Warriors is Curry at 30 and a half. I mean, obviously that's because he has that. I'm assuming he's tag. going to play, but I don't know how compromised is going to be. So I can't yeah. go out of my way to take him. But okay. I mean, for, you can go for maybe a go bear rebounds prop. Cat had a good game against them last time out, but I don't trust Cat enough to actually do it. So I'm not going to do that. But I think Draymond under is worth a look. But once again, I, I can't recommend Golden State because I don't know if Curry's going to play or not. Yeah, Gobert rebounds or cat rebounds. I don't hate, but again, not not a fan of player props in this game with a lot of uncertainty. Um, all right, so let's get. Oh, let me go back then to the game between um, the Miami Heat and the Charlotte Hornets, and I'll have to put a banner to get for uh, for this one here. But uh, I'll just uh, reference Bet Three Six Five's lines here for this game. So currently. The Miami Heat are a four and a half point road favorite in Charlotte tonight. Uh, total is sitting at 223 and a half. 
Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Miami Heat, we do know that Tyler Hero is out with left ankle sprain. He'll be out for a couple weeks. Kevin Love is available to play. Josh Richardson is probable. And Caleb Barton is also out for the Charlotte Hornets. Gordon Hayward is probable. And that is pretty much it. Um, let's start with the side here. Scott, minus four and a half in favor of the Miami Heat uh, in Charlotte here tonight. It's a spot where Miami should win and cover, but on the road, they've not been great. And you know my issues with Miami laying points. I think Charlotte is so bad. <laughs> they are so yeah. bad, man. They're an awful basketball team. And I watched them against the Knicks the other day. It didn't get much better. They're down 20 and change. They lost by 20 plus. I'll lean to Miami in the spot. I'm not going to bet it. So maybe that's why we skipped it because none of us wanted to actually bet this game. <laughs> but I can't trust Charlotte at all. This team can't shoot. They have no outside shooting whatsoever. Uh, Lamelo has been solid this year, but it hasn't really mattered. Mark Williams is fine. I don't think he's ready for Bam personally, so I think Bam should have a good matchup. But yeah, I'll lean to Miami. That's really it. I don't have much on this game. Yeah, Miami or sorry, the Hornets at home this season one and three uh, straight up, one and three against the spread. Um, they're giving up 121 and a half points per game at home thus far this season. Uh, and again, when we talk about <clears throat> the worst defenses in the league, right down there with the worlds of the Indiana Pacers, um, the San Antonio Spurs, Charlotte uh, fits, in, fits into that mold as well. So, um, yeah, I don't love this game. If you want to bet it, lean Miami, but I'm not putting my money on on this game here. And if you want to look at it, maybe a Heat team total to go over uh, in this game. But again, from that perspective, lean with the Heat. Um, total, I would look at the over. Anything on the total for you, and then we'll get into player props here for this game. I guess I'm leaning over, but once again, there's no chance I'm betting on this game. Yeah, bam props for me here as well. I think he has a good matchup, like uh, Scott mentioned. Um, Kyle Lowry uh, points props, especially with uh, Tyler Hero being out. I think that just gives a boost in minutes to uh, Kyle Lowry. In the last three games, he's played at least 33 minutes for the Miami Heat. Um, 17 points each over the last two games as well for uh, Kyle Lowry. He's also knocked down at least four three-point shots in each of those games. So if you want to get on a Kyle Lowry three-point uh, points prop here, or sorry, uh, Kyle Lowry three-point shots made prop here. Let me see if I can find that here real quick. It's at one and a half at minus 180. So if you want to buy that up to three plus, I think you get some plus odds on that. But nothing else for me here. Do you have anything else for this game? Three plus made no, is I've plus 155 for Kyle Lowry. I was just going to say, I, I think maybe if you want to go for Robinson threes, that's worth a look, but yeah. I don't really have much once again. Uh, Duncan Robinson to make five plus threes here tonight. It's at plus 220, so maybe have some fun with it. Uh, three and a half is at plus 110 for his number. All right. All right, let's get over to the last game of the night. That's going to be the Memphis Grizzlies. They are in Hollywood to take on the L.A. Lakers. Lakers currently has a four and a half point home favorite. Uh, total is at 223 and a half in this game. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Brandon Clark, we know, is out. Uh, Derek Rose is going to be out for an extended amount of time as well. And then Xavier Tillman is also questionable for this game for the Memphis Grizzlies. For the L.A. Lakers, uh, Anthony Davis is probable. LeBron is uh, officially questionable for this game. He has a left calf contusion. Jared Vanderbilt, I think I saw that he got cleared to return here, but he's officially out for this game. And also Gabe Benson is out for this game here as well. So 
Anthony Davis probable. LeBron is questionable. Uh, four and a half in favor of the Lakers here. Scott hosting the Grizzlies. What are we thinking? Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Lakers. Uh, AD owns this team, and I don't see yeah. that changing in the spot. Jaron Jackson is, I know, defending defensive player of the year. But we saw in the playoffs that AD is the best defensive player when he's on, and Jaron Jackson could really do nothing for the entire series. I don't think he's going to do much in this game. I think AD is going to destroy him. So I think AD is in line to dominate. I'm going to lean to the Lakers. I said this a couple of episodes ago, but the Lakers I don't trust on the road. At home, they're undefeated. They're just yeah. a very good home team, simply yeah. put. They're 4-0 at home. Memphis ended up beating the Clippers last game, which doesn't really mean much to me. Lost to Utah, lost to Miami. They've not exactly been in good form. I'm going to lean to the Lakers. LeBron maybe plays, maybe he doesn't. But either way, I think AD has a great game in this one. But the Lakers at home tend to get better contributions from their supporting cast. Good enough for me. I'll take the Lakers. Yeah, they are 4-0 straight up at home. Just 1-3 against the spread uh, are the Lakers in their home games. I'm trying to see Grizzlies on the road here. Um, They're 2-3 straight up. Yeah, two and three straight up, two and three against spread as well. So, uh, le- excuse me, lean with Lakers here. But uh, yeah, um, the first thing I wrote down was Anthony Davis props in this game. Last season in the playoffs, um, 20 points, 20.8 points per game, but more importantly, 13.7 rebounds. He also had 4.3 blocks per game in that playoff series. But if you go back to the last two regular season games for Anthony Davis against the Memphis Grizzlies, 28 points and 19 rebounds, and then 30 points and 22 rebounds uh, in those two games, respectively, for Anthony Davis. Also had five blocks and then two blocks as well uh, in those games. So uh, Anthony Davis props here as well. Um, What are you looking at for props? Uh, But you mentioned Davis. That's going to be correlated. I'll take Jaron Jackson unders. I think Jackson gets put in a box uh, for the sake of this game, and foul trouble is going to be a problem. 80 blocks. Obviously, it's at two and a half. I know it's a lot, but he's been so good against Memphis blocking shots. Uh, I think for this matchup, if you want to go for anybody on Memphis, I probably would lean to Bain if I had to pick somebody because he's been good lately and he can Mm -hmm. still stretch the floor. But Jaron Jackson, man, I think he's going to be in hell tonight. So I'm probably looking at Jaron unders. Uh, Let me quickly see what his point total is at for this game. His point total is at 19 and a half. I'm going to lean to the under. I think he's going to get killed tonight. Yeah, if he is matched up, sorry, on Anthony Davis, I think he just gets into foul trouble here tonight. But uh, more times than not, he has been under this number against the L.A. Lakers in his career. Let me see on the road here just for kicks. Yeah, he's averaging 16 points. He's gone over in one, two, only three of the seven road games against the Lakers in his career. So, yeah, Uh Desmond Bay threes, I think that's an auto bet. Um, you know, he's going to get up to number one, the shot volume. Um, last two games, he's gotten up 11 threes and 13 threes. Uh, but outside of that, eight, nine, and nine attempts from three-point land for Desmond Bain, and also averaging 24.2 shot attempts per game for the Memphis Grizzlies. Because, again, nobody else can score the basketball for this Lakers team. Uh, anything else uh, here, Scott, for this game? No, not really. I think Reeves might have a decent game, but nothing that I want to bet on. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's do our lock and dog first, and then we'll do our underdog uh, pick them entry for tonight. Uh, you want to leave us off with your lock and dog? Sure. Uh, so for the lock, I'm not going to overthink this one. I'll stick with what's worked for me and what's worked for probably everybody. 
I'm going to keep fading the Clippers uh, with James Harden. So I'll go with the Nuggets minus four and a half. Line seems a bit trappy. I'm not sure if it's even trap anymore because the Clippers were laying nine and a half last game against Memphis mm. for some reason, and they lost outright. So I don't think that it's a matter of trappy. I think it's a matter of the odds makers significantly overrating the Clippers based on the talent on the actual roster as opposed to the lack of chemistry and the lack of, I'd say, proper winning plays being made by a lot of the superstars on that team. Give me Denver, minus four and a half at home. I think Jokic kills this team. I don't trust the Clippers to even reach 110 in this game. So I think Denver rolls. Give me the Nuggets on the money line as as, – Denver, sorry, uh, Denver minus four and a half as my lock. For my dog, I'm trying to think of what I want to go with. You know what? I think I'll go with my instincts here. Give me the magic on the money line against the Nets. I've been very good at uh, predicting predicting Nets games this season. They're my favorite team, so I know a lot about them. I've usually backed them as a dog, and they've worked out well for me. They should not be favored in this game. Simply put, I think Orlando is undervalued. I think Orlando is good, and I do think that Boncaro, no offense to Bridges, Boncaro might be the best player on the floor. We'll see what happens, but I think Orlando's got value here, given the magic money line. Trying to find quickly what the best price is uh, you have the money line price on Bet365 for the Magic? Uh, plus 130 on their money line. I'll take plus 130. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. For my lock, I will go with... I just got to go back to that over in the Mavericks and the Pelicans game, man. Um, or even the Pacers and Sixers. I like both of those, but... Without Embiid, well, Embiid not might sure. not play. But even, so that might, yeah, then that's only. I don't want to give out a play, yeah. especially with Embiid is questionable here tonight. So, um, yeah, give me Mavericks, Pelicans over. It's a big number, two forty. But again, um, these two teams just matched up. They put up two hundred and sixty plus points, or two hundred and sixty exactly, I should say, uh, in that game. And again, Dallas is playing very well offensively, uh, and they are a perfect four zero to the over. Uh, in their road games thus far this season. Uh, also, they are averaging, sorry, 4-1 and one to the over in those games, uh, average of uh, 239 points per game. Like I mentioned, these two teams just put up 260. Uh, and again, defensively, the Pelicans just don't have their horses in this game. We talked about the Herb Jones of the world, who is questionable, but again, I think that's just a matchup advantage, even if it's Kyrie um, that's matched up or if it's Luka that he's going to be guarding. But I think that both Luka and Kyrie have great games here tonight. I think Pelicans... Should be able to put up points as well. I'm not a believer in this Mavericks defense either. So I do think this goes over the total again of 240. Uh, for my dog, um, it's a puppy dog, but it's I did like Magic first half. I think that's been a train that I've been on uh, for this season. 8-1 straight up, 8-1 against the spread in that first half. Um, nothing else really enticed me as far as a dog. You want Keontae, Tennessee? Yeah, so you know what? I'll do this. I'll give out two dogs here. So give me first half Orlando Magic. Uh, that's around plus 115. It's a little puppy dog. Uh, but again, it's if it's a winner, it's a winner, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what what price of the plus is. But um, we talked about the Maze and the Keontae George. Parlay that's about 9-1. So yeah, 9-1. to one. On both those guys to have 10-plus assists here tonight. Again, Mays is going to get the minutes because 
That backcourt of the Blazers is absolutely tortured by injuries. Simmons is out. Brogdon is out. Scoot Henderson is out. So naturally, Mace is going to play 30, 35 plus minutes here tonight. And if it is a blowout, he's still going to be in there. Keontae George, like we mentioned, and Scott mentioned as well, that he's been inserted into the starting lineup. Uh, and he's going to get the minutes as well. The assists have been there for him as well, especially with a total of, what, 231 in this game. I do expect points to be scored in this game. So look for those two guys to get into double-digit assists here tonight. So 10-plus assists for Mays and uh, George. That gets you around 9-1 to one, uh, for tonight. So let's get a little bit spicy. All right, Scott, before we close it out here, uh, let's get into our underdog fantasy uh, pick entry for the NBA games here tonight. Uh, I'll let you lead it off. What do you want to throw in here? All right. Uh, so for starters, do you want to just run back Keontae assists if they have it? Yeah. Let me see if I can find that here. Uh, I think you said it was Keontae. six and a half on a book. So maybe it's six and a half there. I see. Yes. Yeah. It's seven here on underdog. Of course. Okay. Uh, you um, want to do seven or no? Let's see what Maze is. He's probably eight and a half. I'm going to guess eight and a half. Yeah. I'm good with George at seven. I think he, yeah. I mean, I like him to get, like I mentioned, 10 years. So I think seven is a, a little bit of a conservative number for him, especially now that he's in that starting lineup. So I like that. Uh, you want to go next? Uh, what do you think about AD here tonight? Points and rebounds. Sure. What's the number? 38 and a half. Yeah, that's fine. He might have like 18 rebounds. So that's fine. Yeah. All right, so we'll do that in there. Let's throw in one more that we like. Should we throw in Murray props since with the um, no? Nah, because I, I don't know how it went. I mean, you're assuming that they'll play with Murray mostly, but I don't know if I want to. I'm trying to think of what else I want to do. You want to do Kyrie points? Just have him repeat what he did against the Pelicans a couple days ago. Twenty-five and a half. They had what thirty-five last time out against them? Yeah, thirty. Yeah, he had thirty-five. You I want think. to go Kyrie? Or you prefer something else? Um. Let's just see what Jokic's rebounds were. Yeah, that's at 13. Mm. I saw yeah. Jokic's points, rebounds, and assists were at like 54 and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, like, mm. I mean, I will get there, but it's like uh, the 54 is a little rich. Yeah, let, let's do it. Let's do Kyrie. I think just Kyrie's had, like I mentioned, he's averaged in his career alone, he's averaging 27 points per game against his Pelicans team. That goes all the way back to his rookie years or his early days uh, when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, yeah, we'll throw in Kyrie there. All right, so our three pick them entry for underdog fantasy here tonight. Keontae George higher on his seven assist. Anthony Davis points and rebounds rebounds combined higher 38 and a half. And then Kyrie Irving against the Pelicans here tonight, higher 25 points um, in their game uh, tonight. So that Pick up entry of a hundred bucks will get you six hundred dollars. Again, if you haven't already signed up on Underdog Fantasy, make sure come play along with us, man. It's a lot of fun. They're also giving a bonus, so hundred percent deposit match bonus of up to one hundred dollars. Now throw in twenty bucks, they're throwing fifty bucks, throw in a hundred, you'll get that bonus of up to one hundred dollars over on Underdog Fantasy. But make sure you use that promo code SGPN. You know what? I'm gonna throw a little kicker out there. If you haven't already signed up, um. For underdog fantasy with uh not using our promo code. Yeah, first one to send us a screenshot depositing using SGP and we'll we'll throw some merch your way from the NBA gambling podcast. So it's not approved by the bosses, but I think they'll be okay with it. Uh all right, that is our underdog fantasy entry. Those are our lock and dog. Hour 25 here, Scott. Uh, a lot of games on Tuesday night, but anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? 
Yeah, all, all my episodes usually go about 80 minutes, so apologies, but it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, Knucklebet's asking should play. Yeah, I mean that that is one of my dog plays. He likes the first the... half. I like the full game. Yeah, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah, so maybe if you want to find those, you know, halftime, full game, uh, full time things for the Magic, I think they do have a great game here tonight. So, yeah, uh, definitely play Magic in the first half. Eight and one straight up, eight and one uh, against the spread in the first half. Uh, you can follow Scott on Twitter slash X. That's at Rice Show Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. More importantly, for the 64 of you watching right now, smash that like button for us on the live stream before you do get out of here. And if you haven't already left us a rating and review, uh, please do so for the NBA Gambling Podcast and make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, Scott and Terrell will be back tomorrow uh, for the NBA Gambling Podcast Wednesday game. So look out for uh, them at that time at 11 a.m. Eastern as usual. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.